Happy Wednesday, Technically Female Tribe. It's Jasmine here again for yet another episode of my podcast. I hope everyone is having a blessed week. Um, Today, I have a really awesome guest, Sharice Vick. Um, Sharice currently is um, supporting infrastructure and operations at J.B. Hunt. And Sharice has probably known me for a really long time. Sharice, how are you? I'm doing great. Doing great, Jasmine. How are you? You know, making it happen an hour at a time, making it through. Uh, so I, <laughs> I am doing well, doing well. I'm so excited to have you um, on my podcast uh, episode this week. And I wanted to kind of get to know you, like, who are you and how did you get into uh, STEM? And, and I know you um, got two degrees, not one, two degrees in computer science. And I'd, I'd love to learn more about your journey. Yes, absolutely. Well, I just want to say thank you, Jasmine, for inviting me to your podcast. This is awesome. Anytime. Um, Yeah, so my journey into STEM, so I attended North Carolina A&T State University, got my Bachelor's of Science in Computer Science, and then at the time, um, they were just about to introduce the Master's um, Program of Computer Science, whereas... Yeah, I was actually going to consider graduating after my bachelor's and getting a job and start paying the student loan debt and all that kind of good stuff. (laughs) Um, I was like, but my professors were kind of really encouraging me to go ahead and get my master's. And I was like, well, listen, I'm not trying to incur more debt, you know. So I had applied for, at the time, and I don't even know if it still exists or not, but it was the Gym Fellowship. It does. It does. Oh, Awesome. So um, that was a great program because they not only pay for tuition and books and all that kind of good stuff, but I was sponsored by Intel at the time, and I had to do pretty much two internships with Intel, and so um, that's pretty much how I ended up pursuing my master's was that it was going to be pretty much paid for. And then I did want to, at the time, you know, just go ahead and continue with my education in computer science because Mm -hmm. I had always kind of heard from different people that it's a little challenging once you get out into the workplace Mm to balance both work full-time and school full-time. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm already in this kind of student mindset, if you will, Mm -hmm. you know, of studying and, 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 you know, doing tests and all that kind of good stuff. So I was like, you know what, let's just go ahead and and do it. It was going to be a year and a half. And so, um, yeah, so that was pretty much my journey um, into computer science. Yeah, that's awesome. And I I know for a fact you have a full STEM household, your family is, I mean, y'all breed breed STEM. And so (laughs) talk a little bit about that. Like, was it an option in your house? Like, yeah, how did, how how is that that you guys got so into STEM? I know your siblings are in STEM as well. That is a very good call out, Jasmine. And I'll say that because my parents, so my mom, her background is in science. She was actually, um, like, the first African-American female to get, like, her PhD and I think it's, like, zoology or something like that. I would have to look it up. But, like, she has her PhD in that, and she was a professor at Shaw University for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And then my dad, he was an engineer at IBM, um, and he actually got his master's at Duke University. So it's like with the pedigree, if you will, right. of academia, <laughs> the there wasn't really much choice. In fact, I remember 
when I was in middle school telling my mom, you know, I wanted to be like an interior designer or something like that. You know, I didn't really know what I wanted to right. be in middle school, but I was like, oh, that seems like a career path that I want to do. I want to be an interior designer. And my mom was like, uh-uh, like you're going to do something in the STEM, like pick it. It's either going to be science, technology, engineering, or math. And I think like looking back, I kind of like, like really mom, like I want to be able to do what I want to do when right. I grow up. Like, I'm my own person and she and you know looking back it's like it was all about you know job security mm-hmm. and the fact that um and I think Obama really pushed it as well mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. his presidency with STEM and the lack of diversity that we had and so my mom was like listen there's not a lot of females let alone African-American females yep. that are in STEM and it's like you gotta go where the money is okay For sure. and so you want scholarships and things of that nature you need to consider going into STEM and so um and I remember looking at various colleges and universities um in terms of like being in high school and where do I want to go and just to kind of give you a little bit more background Jasmine I actually attended Southeast Raleigh okay which at the time when I went back in the early 2000s it was a magnet school right I don't know what the status of it is now but it was a magnet school specifically for technology and mm-hmm. so South, Southeast had a partnership with Cisco Systems okay. and so they would bring the curriculum into the classrooms and so my mom had pretty much put me on the track very early because that's another thing I think exposure is mm-hmm. very very key mm-hmm. you know what I mean like we've got a lot of organizations out there now like Black Girls Code and yep. things like that but when I was coming up Not there, here I go here I'm coming up <laughs> I'm only in my 30s <laughs> but there wasn't like a ton of resources but no. so having that partnership with Southeast and Cisco was really critical, like in terms of me starting and having that foundation, like doing Visual Basic mm-hmm. and learn C plus plus, like in I think it was like ninth grade. Yep. yep. You know, Same so here. <laughs> Same here. Exposure. Yeah, so I would, yeah. So I would say for at least for me, my path, it was a lot of it was parental influence mm-hmm. and then just early exposure. Um now granted I didn't really get exposure until about I would say probably late middle school, but by definitely high school, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was more defined in terms of like that technical path, if you will. Yeah, yeah, I know. I can totally align with you on that. Same, same over here. I was in STEM camps every summer in high school, yes. whether I wanted to be or did not. Mm-hmm. I had to go to a STEM camp, and I think. To your point, the exposure of it, the parental influence, the, hey, you can succeed in this. Yes, it's tough, but we're going to push you. Um, right. Really, I think, helps define who you become. Because, I mean, you know better than I know. Like If you're, if you have parental, like, pushing and encouraging and, like, abdication, mm-hmm. like, you can support. get yes. through anything in life. Like, nothing corporate can really throw at you can be any more rough than that stern, like, face or conversation from your parents and now when you're going through it you're like oh my gosh i cannot wait to get out of this house and be on my own and be grown you know now that i have like you know a child of my own Mm -hmm. and i'm like i look back and i'm like 
Dang, they were tough. But yeah, man, they knew what they were doing. They you know? did. They did. It's, it's, they knew what they were doing. It's a huge so. amount of appreciation for that. And I know you talked about this a little bit, but I mean, being a minority in STEM, and not to mention double minority, a female and an African American female, is a is an uphill battle. Like you alluded to, like there's not a lot of resources when you were growing up. Definitely not a re- lot of resources for me. Not a lot of people that look like us in the things we want to pursue. And so through your academic journey or even your career trajectory like what are some real life roadblocks that you were forced to deal with and how did you navigate through those yeah great question so me going to an hbcu historically black college university that was awesome right because in Mm -hmm. the classroom i was surrounded by a lot of african-americans people Mm -hmm. that looked like me you know males and though the the females were the minority they were still there. And so it's like, I had that support. I had that advocacy. I had, you know, people that are kind of in the trenches with you in mm-hmm. school. Okay. Right. And so having those people that definitely helped. Now in the summers I interned. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I would say that that was like a big part of like, at least an eye opening experience for me. Cause you know, I've been around, you know, pretty much African Americans mm-hmm. all throughout the school year. But then in the summer, going to the internships when I am absolutely the minority and you're not going to see anyone else that looks like you, especially in the rooms and in the meetings and things like that. And so I would say that those were definitely some roadblocks for me Mm. and just kind of understanding just the differences. And I know we, you hear more about code switching and all that kind of good stuff now mm-hmm. that there's a label on it. Mm-hmm. But me understanding how and when, right, there's a time and a place yep. of when I need to perform, when I can, you know, be my authentic self mm-hmm. and then my mm-hmm. authentic self in the workplace, yep. if that makes any sense. Yep. And so I think if anything, it's the roadblock of still being able to navigate being an African-American female. Even now, I mean, I've mm-hmm. been out in the workplace for over a decade and still like learning to navigate, you know, in certain spaces, if you will. Yeah. And I I think to your point too, like being okay that you aren't going to like, it's okay to like deal with uh, adversity. Like it's going to happen, but it's how you attack it. It's how you talk and walk yourself through it. It's how you, you know, determine what works best for you. Cause everything that works for me won't work for you. Right. Like that's exactly you know, right. For me, I take the other route. I'm like, I'm just me. And if you don't like me, whatever. Like, I, I am the athlete. Take it or leave like, it. Take it or leave it outspoken. Like, and I think that's one thing that people are like, oh, you're really going to tell it like it is. I'm like, yeah, I, I am. And that's that's my father. He um He's pretty outspoken. So he uh passed that down to me, fortunately, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know. but I <laughs> But I think, like, knowing who you are, knowing what works for you, and being able to adapt in the way that makes sense and also I love that you you were honest because a lot of times it's like oh it's this glorified you know being a woman in STEM and being a boss and like doing well but it's hard work right like people don't see the struggles like it is like every hour every meeting every event or anything that you have going on is a battle um and you well and I'll say and I'll yeah and I'll say this I mean just like thinking about like specific roadblocks is already having to perform Mm. having to deliver right because you're already underestimated Mm -hmm. the moment that you show up through the door you know and so that has been continuous like at least for me um more in the in you know I had as I established my career Mm -hmm. um it's just always having to perform Mm -hmm. always being two steps ahead Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. because 
people are like, oh, how did she get here? Oh, right. Which, and, you know, I remember starting GE because, um, you know, they were my first employer and people were like, North Carolina, AT&T, like, what is that? I've never heard, you know what I mean? Like, yes, and so I, I had been in this kind of HBCU bubble and mm-hmm. then you graduate and then you go out into the real world and people don't know what yes. an HBCU is. They don't know what, uh, <laughs> they're going to learn today though. You they know, everything that I have pretty much taken for granted is like, how do you not know about AT&T? Like, are you kidding me? It's right down the street, but right. it's, people don't know, right? They're mm-hmm. not in those spaces. They're not in that world. And so, it's having to, you know, do some educating, but I would say at least for me, it's having to make sure that I'm always proving, okay, continuously mm-hmm. proving, and it gets exhausting, but the yep. reality is you're not doing it just for you, yep. okay, I'm yep. here today, gone tomorrow, <laughs> it's, yep. you're literally laying the groundwork for everybody else that's coming in behind you, you're mm-hmm. sending the elevator back down, <laughs> sending the elevator back down. Exactly, it's that relentless pursuit that creates the the opportunity for others and it's 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 a lot of pressure it's I feel the weight it of the is. world on me yeah. at all times and like and everyone's like well it's not your responsibility I'm like well I'm I'm a part of it like I'm a part of the equation and, and we're a part of the equation having this conversation too as well because I think a lot of times this stuff isn't spoken out loud uh, which is why I have this podcast and like no longer will we be silent no longer will we not talk about the, yes. the real things that happen because people need to hear it I needed to hear it in college I didn't get it so I'm hoping that people that are in college or high school, even middle school here at now, um, and, and thinking through college um, and your experience, what do you think prepared you the most uh, for your career today? And is there anything you wish you had have done differently um, to prepare? Yeah, so I think that having the STEM organizations and just my engagement with like NSBE, mm-hmm. National Society of Black Engineers, SWE, Society of Women Engineers, like having those organizations on campus Mm -hmm. where I can get connected and start to expand my network outside of college helped me. Mm -hmm. Um, So like being able to attend Grace Hopper Mm -hmm. conference, which is like a big technical conference and things like that. That was great. But I'll tell you the number one, the number one for me that really, really helped my STEM career internships. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. I don't even know. I think Enro still Enro still ex- ex- exists. Yep, I know it does. It does. <laughs> yeah. So I had this is another parental influence. Um, joined Enro's my freshman year in college. I hadn't even heard of Enro's. What the big deal was, but my mom had because you know she you know had friends and things like that, and so they had told her about it. So I found out about Enro's, and it's pretty much it was a very instrumental piece of how I started. Um, not only just down my career path, but mm-hmm. really trying to get that exposure with internships, mm-hmm. internships, and then really just kind of um, helping you out with professional development, mm-hmm. resume, writing, uh, resume writing and mm-hmm. mock interviews, like really kind of setting you up for success very mm-hmm. early on. And the good thing with Inros is, is they partner with a lot of these employers that yep. wanted to build their diverse pipeline. Yep. And so, you know, pretty much you were in a pool to be selected by these employers to come in for the summer and be able to start adding that experience to your resume. Mm-hmm. Because I had so many friends that hadn't heard of Inros or anything like that. And so when the career fair comes on campus, you have the employers that are looking for some experience, right? Yep. And so 
when you start to get into, I would say, really sophomore year, you oh, you gotta got to. have some internships. Got to. Right? I even I even jump and say freshman year, and I know yes. I'm sure you yes. you heard the whole. I know I heard it my freshman year. Oh, freshmen don't get internships, and yeah, that lit that, that lit a so fire true. in me. Yep. I was like, let me show you how. Let and me. I, <laughs> I'm gonna show you. Mm-hmm. And I did. I worked for SAS, and I was like, I I love that you hit internships. I think that's one thing I have not talked about in this podcast because internships are the door to get full-time like you Absolutely. and internships are the try I call it like your trial run like you get to test out any company any role even if it's an internship that you hate at least you know you can mark that off your list of, at least you mm-hmm. got the experience and mm-hmm. the exposure early on to know what you like and what you didn't like mm-hmm. and I would even I mean there were some internships that I didn't like but I uh, there were still some nuggets of things that I, I took from it mm-hmm. even um, people that I have in my network that I had mm-hmm. you know connected with while I was there so I would say that any internship and I would even encourage you to take an unpaid yeah because a lot of times it's all about what you can put on that resume exactly exactly and and that network that you mentioned because I think about people that I met you know when I was at that point 18 19 I don't know how old I was young Uh Uh, but like I'm still connected to them and I still know if I reached out to them today and I was uh, interested in their company or vice versa they're interested in my company like we're going to help each other out because you build that network and that rapport and that's how you get to where you want to be um, absolutely for sure. for sure and so you know I know uh there has been some uh, I'll use the word some progress uh with more women getting computer science degrees obviously we're nowhere near where it should be it's not balanced uh we're not uh, you know out you know performing men when it comes to getting computer science degrees there's clearly still a gap that exists uh between women and men and so why do you think that there is a gap and why is diversity crucial for a team's success, in your opinion? I think there's a gap because of the reason why I almost did not even consider going into computer science is because I had sat in the classroom and I didn't see many females. Mm. I saw a lot of males. And so for me at that time, when I was really trying to consider, okay, what major do I want to pick within engineering, I was... You know, and then I look at the curriculum Mm -hmm. and you see a lot of calculus and you see a lot of coding. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this seems like I'm not going to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, kind of self-doubt and Mm -hmm. just intimidation. And so it's just, and again, I guess it's where I can go look to God, Mm -hmm. to my parents and say, look. This is all only temporary because I I remember my mom always telling me, look, you are writing your paycheck now. Okay, mm-hmm. you are writing your paycheck now. You put in the work. <laughs> Love you that. get the A's and B's. You get the three point five and ups. Those are the ones that get selected for the good jobs. Okay, right. You slack off, and because my mom can always make clear, <laughs> you are not coming back to this house. My okay? dad, like, I don't care what you do, you're getting out this house. Not yes, that we're bad you're children. Be graduating, <laughs> get your job, and and you're gonna be an adult and go on your merry little way. And so. I just remember being intimidated at the time, Jasmine, Mm -hmm. and and just not seeing a lot of females. Mm -hmm. And so just kind of having that self-doubt. And so I think that that also speaks to the gap as it exists today because we're still the minority, right? I think females in general, Mm -hmm. but then especially, you know, African-Americans. But I would say that that is like, that's the ammunition. That's the drive, you know, to select these measures that are difficult because Look, it doesn't come easy, but the reward is pretty sweet. It is. The reward is pretty sweet. 
It you is. know, just to be able to come in and make an impact. And look, them checks, you know, uh, you can't, we can't negate. No, <laughs> we can't negate the checks. Living a nice, nice life. That is for sure. You right. Know. <laughs> it's you know, a blessing. So, yes, it absolutely is a blessing. And so I, I, I think that, yes, that that's probably one of those gaps is the fact that we don't see a lot of us mm-hmm. um, in the seats. But that would is something that I would absolutely encourage is for girls to pursue it. Mm-hmm. Pursue it. Step out of, of your fear. Get get away from blocking your own blessing. Yeah. Right? No, for sure. So, because we can talk ourselves into anything and out of anything, right? And out. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. You really can. And, and until we start to talk ourselves in, then jump through and be okay to fail or be okay to struggle or be okay to not know the full answer. I think, you know, as women, it's like we want to see every step of the way for the next whatever years. We need to know exactly what's yeah. going to happen. And honestly, real life. Want to be that's, a planner. Yep. That's me. Yeah. That's <laughs> same. That's, I was like, I'm talking to the tribe as I'm talking to myself. Um, yes. And so you have to be okay with the unknown and being the only one in the room or the one of few, because the more that if you're the only few that everyone else thinks, okay, I'm going to be the only one we can, you know, change that gap. Um, and right. more people will, will start to want to pursue uh, these types of degrees and, and disciplines. And so, um, you know, I think you kind of alluded to like diversity being crucial because it should be ammunition. Like it's ammunition to do. Well. I know that's what drove me. I was like, when someone told me I couldn't, I was like, let me show you how. Like that's I'm yes. just competitive like that. Yes. You say no, I say watch. Um, yep. And I think, you know, having that is like the adrenaline, being able to actually make it happen. It's just like, not a like, well, I told you so, but like a, hey, my work speaks for itself. Um, and you're going to now see how my work speaks for itself. And I think a lot of companies right now are starting to, well, some have been, I will say, uh, to increase diversity in their organizations. But there's, again, still a huge gap. There's um, still a huge gap today. <laughs> Correct. It's yes. just, it's just, you know, one of those things. We that, still have a ways to go. We yep, still, still have, have a ways, ways to go. Opportunity is what we say at work. We have an yes. opportunity <laughs> to, 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 <laughs> to fix some things. And I want to talk, you know, a little bit about that. You are a program manager, so not only do you lead in your space of infrastructure, not operations for jb hunt but you also are a leader of your household you are a mother of four um you have a son your two fur babies you got one you got one coming you got one you know i count fur babies i'll give you the fur babies (laughs) you're like oh i am have a lot Uh, i mean you have one you know upcoming and so how in the world do you manage all of this and you have a career you you know are a leader in your household you know what's your secret equation to achieving work-life balance like real work-life balance not fake but like real work-life yes balance. well listen i'll tell you partnership is real okay mm-hmm. life partnership is real there's no way in the world i would be able to do this by myself mm-hmm. so i have to give some credit I don't give it to him all the time. But I've got to give some credit to the mister because there's no way that I would be able to do what I do and vice versa, yeah, you know, for yeah. him to be able to do what he does without the partnership of each other. Mm-hmm. And so it's being able for us to have the balance. And I'll say even just the challenge of the pandemic right yeah, now, man. and both of us working from home and what's going to be the deal in the fall with schools. Yep. Is Ethan going to have to stay at home? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. You know how that's going to work. So I say up until this point, BC, before, for coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I always set boundaries, okay? Mm. So, I mean, I'm to a point in my career, I mean, 
probably earlier on, I wouldn't have done this, but you know, now that I've kind of established myself a little bit more, I've got some rapport and all that kind of good stuff. I've I've proven myself, if you will. I have now some time where I can say, look, I'm not going to be doing emails after say 6 PM. I'm just not right. It can wait. So it's just having those boundaries so that I make sure that I am present with my son, that's important yeah. to me. Making sure that I ha- I can be home for dinner and making sure that I can do bath time and all that kind of good stuff. Now, mm-hmm. if I need to get back on the computer later on and do emails and all that kind of good stuff, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. But there's just certain times, like in the in the morning, don't put a meeting on my calendar before 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I've got to do daycare drop off and right. all that kind of good stuff. And so I think the most important part is just making time for yourself mm-hmm. and making sure that, you know, self-care is real. Yep. Okay. We do not want to be burnt out, stressed out. It's just, it doesn't do good. Okay. What do they mm-hmm. say? Put your mask on first before you help others. Yep. yep. And so I think, yeah, those, those couple of things, making sure that you're taking care of yourself. I'm a runner. I like to, well, right these days, <laughs> six months pregnant, not doing too much running these days. So I'm not even a lot to the people, but at least just getting out, walking, yep, walking. I, I like that. Um, I've ran a full marathon. I've ran a couple of half marathons in the past. So I like running. So that's kind of a thing that I do to decompress and just stay active and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just something that I, you know, just continue to do. Um, but then again, just making sure that you have those boundaries for, for people. Cause listen, if you don't, they will take every little bit Absolutely. <laughs> that they can get. Okay? <laughs> they are not going to say, Hey, Sharice, would you like a break? Do you think you need yes. some time? <laughs> yeah. So you have to be, you know, you have to be your advocate when it comes to that. So I would say absolutely making sure that you set boundaries for yourself to ensure that you have a realistic work-life balance. And listen, some days it's going to be 80, 20, other mm-hmm. days it may be 30. It's, it's going to vary. It's not going to be consistent. You know, there's sometimes Brandon has meetings that runs into 7 PM at night. Right. Guess what? Okay. Well, I got to pick up the slack here. So it just, it varies day by day, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it does. but, but yeah. I think the boundaries and setting that and, and knowing, you know, what's important to you. I like the idea of prioritization. Um, and that's one right. thing I've had to learn. Like, you got to prioritize your personal life a little bit, Jasmine. Like, work will take and, and not give. And sometimes it does give, but it will take. And sometimes um, it does, yes. It, it will take until you, you know, set, you know, put your foot down and decide what's important to you and, and how you want your life to be because you're in control of that. Um, and and work, exactly. work is not. And so as we wrap up our episode today, um, I usually ask every guest to give me and our tribe our oh, your word to the wise. So it could be a word, it could be a statement, a song, a rap, whatever you feel led um, to just empower the tribe and the community um, as they go through their week. And so, Sharice, what is your word to the wise? A word to the wise, bloom where you are planted. And I don't know if people have heard this before. But it was my mom that actually told me this. This is when I had made some career sacrifices <laughs> to move to Seattle for my husband's career. And it, it was a tough time, just mm-hmm. to be totally honest with you, yeah. because of the time difference and me kind of being by myself. The and so looking, yes, the rain, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's just been times throughout my career, times even in school, internships, you know, you name it. There's always been something where it's been a challenge. It's been some adversity. It's been some obstacles. But that's what I would say. There's still some beauty in that. There's mm-hmm. still some positivity that you can get out of it. It's a, still a learning experience. If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. so that's what I would encourage for for you know people coming up is bloom where you are planted 
You know, let's mm-hmm. find the positivity in whatever situation, you know, yeah. and, and keep moving. No, onward and upward. Onward and upward and stick true to who you are. I love that. And I really appreciate you, Cherise, for um, being a guest on my podcast today. And Tribe, Absolutely. I, hope, <laughs> I hope you were as empowered as, as, as I am uh, from this episode. And uh, like I've mentioned before, if you're ever interested in being a, a guest on my podcast, feel free to shoot me an email at technicallyfemale at gmail.com. And I hope that you have a blessed rest of your week. And don't ever forget to continue to share the stemonism.